Hello everyone, it's Julia here for day 25 of Future Teens of Medicine. Today is the first day of week 5 and we are discussing the oral and maxillofacial surgery specialty. To start off, oral and maxillofacial surgeons are trained to treat a variety of diseases, injuries, and defects in the head, neck, face, jaws, and hard and soft tissues of the oral and maxillofacial region. They can also administer anesthesia and provide care in an office setting. Oral and maxillofacial surgeons are able to perform wisdom teeth extractions, misaligned jaw surgeries, remove tumors and cysts of the jaw and mouth, and perform dental implant surgeries. In addition to performing surgery, they also deal with non-surgical management of conditions such as facial pain, oral mucosal disease and infections, and they may work with patients of all ages from newborn babies to the elderly. The facial skeleton is responsible for protecting the brain, protecting the sense organs of smell, sight, and taste, and providing a frame so the face's soft tissues facilitate eating, facial expression, breathing, and speech. The primary bones of our face include the mandible, maxilla, frontal bone, nasal bones, and zygoma. Each maxilla has four processes that are the frontal, zygomatic, alveolar, and palatine. It also assists in forming the orbit, roof of the mouth, and lateral walls of the nasal cavity. The central portion of the maxilla is called the body. The posterior extension, forming a large portion of the orbit floor, is called the orbital surface process. Frontal process is the upward extension projecting towards the frontal bone. Zygomatic process is the lateral extension towards the zygomatic bone. Infraorbital foramen is the prominent hole inferior to orbit. In other words, it's a passage for infraorbital nerve and blood vessels. Inferior orbital fissure is an opening along the floor of orbit between the maxilla and bones. It is also a passage for maxillary nerve and infraorbital vessels. Anterior nasal spine is a small anterior projection from the nasal cavity. Alveolar process is the inferior extension that contains sockets or alveoli for the teeth. Maxillary sinuses are two large cavities in the maxilla. They are both lined by mucous membranes and that membrane secretions drains into the midlateral wall of the nasal cavity through the ostium. The palatine process is a horizontal plate that forms a portion of the hard palate. Lastly, incisa fossa is the opening for the small incision canals, otherwise known as foramina, that carry nasal palatine nerves and branches of arteries into the nasal cavity. Common subspecialties of this type of surgery include head and neck cancer or microvascular reconstruction, cosmetic facial surgery, cranial facial surgery, and pediatric maxillofacial surgery, as well as craniomaxillofacial trauma. In terms of working environment, oral maxillofacial surgeons generally work in hospitals, large medical centers, and dental practices. They may also work as a professor at a dental school or supervise residents in training. They may own their own practices, and it's common that they may be needed to be on call for emergencies for patients that require immediate treatment. Oral maxillofacial surgeons must earn their bachelor's degree, and they generally attend dental school. Following dental school, there are two paths. The first is you may apply for a surgical residency, which is between four to six years, depending on the area of expertise. The residency would be the same surgical residency attended by an, another type of doctor or specialty surgeon, except without the medical degree component. And then they will take their written and oral exams, and upon completion, they can become board-certified oral surgeons. 
The second option is to be accepted by a training program and residency that provides both medical education and oral and maxillofacial surgical residency combined in one. This will be at least six years for oral surgeons to complete both these degrees and the surgical residency. However, then you graduate with both a DGS and an MD. Commonly treated conditions include impacted wisdom teeth, tooth and bone loss, facial trauma or injuries, sleep apnea, TMG disorders, and congenital jaw defects. Commonly performed procedures include wisdom teeth removal, dental implants, oral cancer, reconstructive jaw surgery, temporal mandibular joint dysfunction, cleft lip and palate surgery, orthognathic surgery, and sleep apnea surgery. When extracting wisdom teeth, the surgeon makes an incision in the gum tissue to expose the tooth and bone. The bone is then removed from the tooth root. The tooth is divided in sections depending as it may be easier to remove the tooth in pieces. Once the tooth is removed, the doctor cleans the site of removal and any debris from the tooth or bone. The wound is then stitched and gauze is placed to control the bleeding and promote clotting of the blood. Moving on to oral cancer. There are many surgeries available to treat oral cancer, so it all really depends on the stage of the cancer and the patient. A common surgery is a primary tumor resection in which the cancerous tissue is removed along with the little of the normal tissue around the tumor. Depending on the amount of tissue removed, reconstruction of that oral area may be necessary. To reconstruct, the surgeon will take normal tissue from another part of your body, such as the skin, muscle, and even bone at times. Another surgery is a partial mandible resection. If the cancer is in the mandible, a part of the bone may be removed and the jawbone may be rebuilt with bone from another part of the body from a donor or metal plate. Other surgeries include a maxillectomy, Mohs micrographic surgery, removal of the tongue, neck dissection, tracheostomy, and gastrostomy tube placement. The last procedure we will discuss is associated with sleep apnea. There are many treatments available to treat sleep apnea, however, one of the surgical procedures is called uvulopalatal pharyngoplasty. This procedure involves removing and repositioning excess tissue in the throat in order to make the airway wider. Soft palate and uvula may be trimmed, the tonsils may be removed, and some muscles of the soft palate may even be repositioned. This procedure and others associated with the soft palate are the most common type of surgery for sleep apnea. This procedure will likely not be a perfect cure to treat some sleep apnea patients, depending on the severity, and it may be combined with other surgeries that target other sites in the upper airway. This concludes our Day 25 podcast on oral maxillofacial surgery. I hope you all enjoyed this lesson, and make sure to check out our presentation on Google Classroom as we included various live surgery videos in order to provide a more visual form of instruction as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and have a great rest of your day.